2: With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
3: It is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020, season 16, episode number 86. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, presented by Geico. We appreciate you guys joining us. we got 45 minutes of entertaining conversation about the Dallas Cowboys. We're getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Eagles. That happens this Sunday at 3.30, uh, I think it is, 3.20, 3.30, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and uh, so we'll get you guys ready for that. Um, we will be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network here coming up in the second segment. But before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about a few things that Mike McCarthy brought up this morning in his op- in his press conference. Um, one of those things, uh, obviously we've been talking a little bit about injuries. Uh, he did get a few, a few injury updates. Dave, tell me, where are we with, with Leighton Van Der Esch, Antoine Woods, Xavier Woods, and Michael Gallup as far as their availability this weekend?
2: Leighton Vanderush and Antoine Woods are not practicing. Uh, neither is Xavier Woods, actually. Um, Mike McCarthy was, was pretty forthcoming that he doesn't think it's likely that any of those guys play this weekend. Michael Gallup is limited. Ezekiel Elliott is also limited, so that's encouraging. We'll see what's going on with them, but but those three defenders all look like they're going to be out.
3: What do they do at defensive tackle? I mean, Antoine Woods obviously is playing a lot for them, uh, and and maybe I don't know, maybe he's their best defensive tackle. What do they do at defensive tackle, just as far as the rotations concerned?
4: Well, I think you're going to see Tyrone Crawford in there or some. I mean, you've already seen him in there, but if you if you go back and look at last week's game, you know, I thought. I saw Alden Smith in there on pass rushing situations way more than than I have at any other point this season. Maybe that's happened, but it just felt like it was it was different. Seeing it from that, that's not going to help you on third and two. Um, you're going to need Gallimore, you need um, Hamilton, and then I don't know. I I can't think of anybody else that's on the. I mean, even on the. Or is Ellie still here? Aku. Yeah, we could. They could use Eli Ankou. He was a healthy scratch a
2: couple of weeks ago. He really struggled against Baltimore, so you know, obviously not lighting the world on fire, but injuries create opportunities. So he might have to get in there because of that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be. I don't know, it's interesting that defensive tackle position is one that's been a problem all season, obviously, as far as, you know, you look at all the positions where you've had issues with injuries. This has been one that went back all the way back to training camp when yeah. they lost their first guy yeah. for the season. So uh, so they're still kind of mending that back together. But it seems like over here over the last few weeks, uh, they've actually gotten a little bit better, I thought. Um, and, and I think this is a pretty big deal that you wouldn't have Antoine Woods, who I think has been playing pretty good.
5: Well, you've seen... Good work from defensive ends, and I know that's not defensive tackle or anything, but also some of the ways that they've utilized some of their secondary guys, you know, getting some pressure. We saw uh, Jordan Lewis being able to get to the quarterback, so maybe that's a way that they can just kind of balance off what they're missing in that area, just create some more pressure from those guys behind. I don't know, but... We'll see what happens with yeah. this other quarterback.
3: Yeah, the interesting thing is that the that Eagles team, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, they had a really nice running day uh, day on the ground. And and so I think they can pose some issues for a uh, defense with regards to their running game. And that's the part where it's probably going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, let's talk about a- another thing that I thought came up. And this is a, a little bit of a different topic. It's not so much football, but it is a little bit football. But uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about the schedule for the team Um, This week And he made the comment That I thought was interesting He said um, The players The entire football uh, Staff Will be at home With their families Where they should be On Christmas Day And it, it made me The reason why It made me think for a second Is because I do think sometimes And you guys know We work in all of this uh, I think sometimes we take ourselves very, very seriously in football. Like we think of it as, you know, you got these essential workers like doctors and nurses that mm-hmm. you know they work every day of the year. There's no day off. There's no holiday, whatever. And and we kind of put ourselves in that category a little bit because we sometimes we have games on Christmas Day. Well, well but,
4: we're right. It's right underneath. It's just beneath that. In my opinion.
3: Okay, And that's why I wanted to ask yeah. you, like, do you think this is a situation where he's doing the right thing with his team by saying, hey, I don't care that we got a game coming up on Sunday. On Friday, it is important for you to be at home with your families because that's what you should be doing on Christmas Day.
4: I think it's good to say that. I also think, let's not forget that Friday's the day that they really don't practice anyways. It, it's a day that that he that he's changed the schedule way back before, knowing, even knowing Christmas was probably on a Friday. Yeah. So it, it, it's convenient, but it, I mean, I'm not Saying it's not true, but it's, I mean, because if it really was how he felt, then he would boycott the Thursday, Thanksgiving Day game and say, oh, you should be with your family then. That's, this is not the way it works, you know. But I, I think it, I believe that he believes that way, but I also think it kind of fits into his schedule. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Amber?
5: That doesn't really bother me, but I'll say this I am still very much bothered by the comment he made a few weeks ago when, you know, we had all the. Schedule changing, and they had like a 10-day period, and he's like, "Well, I don't want to over uh, what was it? Uh, not over coach, over over prepare. Over prepare. Yes, I don't want to over prepare the guys, and that comment really bothered me because looking at the situation that you were at at the moment, you would think that." You guys do need to go in, over-prepare. And I remember I asked Bucky this question, and he had, he had a good point. He had a good explanation, but it still it didn't sit well with me. And then seeing them, that they went ahead and lost against the Ravens, so that just bothered me even more. So this one about Christmas doesn't really bother me that much, but... When we go back to that one, yes.
4: There are coaches though that have been in the Super Bowl. Obviously, not any around here for yep. a while. But there are coaches that coach the Super Bowl that that think that if the two week break in between is is that happens. You over-prepare big time in mm-hmm. there. They, they would actually rather it just be one week. Sorry, yeah, I've heard that. Dave, Dave,
2: what do you think? Yeah, I was really hoping I would get to, you know, pop the pop Mike McCarthy's balloon a little bit, but Nick did it for me. I don't want to be too cynical, but Friday's their light day anyway, and they also, you know, with the intensive COVID protocols, they've gotten very used to doing things virtually anyway, so I don't know that it's this big gesture that it sounds like on paper, but at the same time, you know... McCarthy deserves credit, too, because, you know, he gave the team time off after the death of Marcus Paul. And he's put a big he's put a big emphasis on being around your family. And I do believe, like, even even in a normal year and even if they practiced on Fridays, like, I think he might do something like this because he has put some emphasis on it before. And honestly, I I think I commend him for it. Uh, You know, you kind of mentioned it, Derek. You know the NFL has this like no nonsense, no fun attitude that like you should never take a day off. Our dear friend Brian Broaddus used to love working (laughs) on weekends and holidays. Like if you don't want to work on a holiday, you're soft or you're weak. And uh, I never agreed with that. Um, And you know 2020 has really hammered home the importance of mental health. Like being around family is good for your mental health. Making millions of dollars doesn't mean that you're not susceptible to. Seasonal affective disorder, or COVID fatigue, or whatever, and uh, it's it's good for these guys to have that chance. I don't, you know, good good for Mike McCarthy. I, you know, Friday's their light day anyway. But yeah, good. Spend Christmas with your family. Everybody should get to do that.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I I, I do think that. There is some value in entertainment in our country, and we're part of that. Um, there's, I talked about it a lot when, uh, you know, when when the whole COVID thing came up. That there is value when people are stuck at home and out of their normal routines to giving them things. And I don't want to call it a distraction. That's somewhat what it is, but just things that can bring levity and. And just a smile to people's faces, right? And and so I think we're a part of that. And so, yes, there are times when we the, – the best time to do that is when people are sitting home. That's why Thanksgiving games have been Thanksgiving mm-hmm. games is because everybody's sitting around with their families. So a few people have to sacrifice that in order to provide that entertainment for the masses. And And so we fall into that category. But I do love the idea of when you can allow – the people um, that that work in, in the organization or throughout the NFL when you can allow opportunities for them to be able to have those moments that, by the way, you can't get back, right? To be able to have those moments, I think it's important. And I think it's a good thing that he recognizes that. And in, at least in this instance, in this year, it falls in a way where he can do it for his team.
4: And, you know, let's also... Re- Point this part out too. That the next day, the twenty sixth, I think they're going to be here a while.
3: They'll do doubles.
4: I think they're going to be here a little bit. So, <laughs> but
3: most of us are okay with That's that. Okay. Like, give me a day with my family. I'll go and I'll work extra yeah. early and I'll work extra late if you give me that day with my family because I need that day with my family. Right. So, um, all right. So here's what we're going to do. Um, one other topic I wanted to hit real quick. This one came up last night. Um, Kellen, or at least when I saw it, Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. His alma mater, Boise State, which. Nick, I think you were the one that went up there to Boise State no, for you were not. Okay. I haven't been up. We've been there. sent some people to. we've sent some people up there before I think for some work that we were doing. We I talked know.
4: about it. We never did. Never it. did it. We okay. Did it.
3: Anyway, my point is he is he is according to all records of how people talk about him, he is somewhat of a god Hell yeah. <laughs> up there. Um and so it obviously when when it became known that they were going to be looking for a replacement for their head coach Uh, His name obviously was brought up. My question for you guys is, based on what you've seen so far from Kellen Moore, do you think Dallas should look at maybe paying him a little extra money to make sure that he wants to stay? Or is it one of those situations where if he wants to go, he goes, and you move on, you find the next offensive coordinator? Let's start with you, Dave.
2: There's a lot of variables to that. Uh, I mean, yes, Kellen Moore is a god in the state of Idaho. He's the winningest quarterback of all time. He took that program. I mean, he's he's like Dak with Mississippi State. It's very similar. Uh, first of all, it, it sucks because Kellen just talked on Monday night, 24 hours before this happened. Would have been a great opportunity to try to talk to him about it. So... We don't know if that's something that he wants to do. He is a god in Boise, but is that who they would be looking to hire? A 32-year-old who's never coached in college. These are vastly different skill sets. Recruiting is everything in college football. And Kellen Moore has no proven track record as a recruiter. So I think that's important to point out. Um, But also, does Kellen Moore want that for himself? You know, there's the, the fact of the matter that you know he's a 32 year old offensive coordinator he's probably on the fast track to being an NFL head coach if that's something that he wants so you know i we don't even know if that's something he would want to do but if boise is trying to hire him and i were the cowboys i would absolutely try to incentivize him to stay cuz i'm i'm very impressed with the job that he's done through 2 years me personally amber
5: well, you know, I don't know much about college football and that kind of world, so that's not my area. But the comment that I, I, I would make is, like, I wonder where would you, if you had to rate, where would you rate a college head coaching job versus the Dallas Cowboys DC, uh, not DC, OC, o, OC, mm-hmm. OC job. So anytime there's something related with the Cowboys, we know how much attention that gets, how big that is. So it just... I wonder, would anyone at that position would want to leave the Cowboys, even though it's for a head coaching job at a college? I don't know. But.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I could say this: coaches look at contracts. They look at, at, at opportunities to get more contracts. And so when you when you get a, an opportunity to be a head coach somewhere, anywhere, really, you know, that is a four year deal, a five year deal. That's a con, That's something that helps your family, um, and helps you, and, and all that stuff. And also, it's hard to relate what Boise means to Kellen, you know, as opposed to what Bo- some on the outsider says. You're the Dallas Cowboys OC versus Boise State head coach, but for Kellen Moore, who's lived in that area and knows what it would be like for his family to grow- kids to grow up there, might be different. But I I'll I will say this too: everybody in the Cowboys family, fans, all of that, everybody loved Jason Garrett from 1992 to 2010. They loved Jason Garrett. He was this great story and all that. Then it became public enemy number one because of this fourth down play here or losing this game here. Scott Frost is dealing with it in Nebraska, Mm -hmm. too. So you got to be careful when you go back because it's all great and roses and you're a god and all that until all of a sudden you made the wrong decision and you lost to UNLV, and next thing you know, they don't want him anymore. So it it, it sounds great, but when the honeymoon's over – you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think he could have success and win there. And to answer your question, no, I don't think the Cowboys should do anything different there. If he goes, he goes. You know, because if, if he wants that job bad enough, money's not really going to be the factor yeah. in that.
3: And that's that's the interesting part. There is, you're right. I think it does come down to the fact of personally what fits for him. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know if you've got a, a university that you have some allegiance to, you've been there, then there's something about maybe going back to that school and being the head coach there. Sure. that That's very different than, I guess, even evaluating it based upon, well, do I want to be the OC or don't want to be head coach here. Like, it might be a whole different thing if he was asked to be the head coach at UNLV, right? right, right. That may not resonate with sure. him. But this place may be very special to him. It might be the reason why he wants to come back. Another name I'll throw to you is Harbaugh. He kind of figured that out as well, like going back going back to Michigan. That's an
4: <laughs> excellent point. They
3: love him coming back to Michigan. I don't know if they love him anymore.
2: Okay, all right. That's totally fair, and I'm not trying to dog Kellen Moore, but Jim Harbaugh had accomplished a lot more as a coach when Michigan hired him. True, absolutely. He had had success at Stanford and San Diego, turned San Francisco into a Super Bowl contender. I I mean, it's different because of who Kellen Moore is at Boise State. Like, I mean, you know, he, he is Boise State, but... Objectively, does he even have the resume to do that at this point in his career? I think you could argue that he doesn't right now. If that, I mean, if they wanted him to be their head coach it's more for me because of who he is than what he's done to this point, you know?
3: Yeah, but we see it all the time in sports, especially these days where guys get opportunities oh, based sure. upon yeah. their connection, based mm-hmm. upon people knowing them and saying, hey, I think that they are the person that may not be ready right now, but he'll be ready in five years, so I'm willing to go through that. We saw it here with Jason Garrett. Like, a lot of yeah. people thought he wasn't ready to be a OC or a head coach, necessarily. He got those opportunities because of relationships, so it happens. It certainly happens. Alright, we're going to take our final break, our first break. I'm sorry. When we come back, we're gonna to be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We'll be right back this is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. 3 cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson Hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys
4: <laughs> hey, i gotta tell you, I got to say something real quick. Right, I want to tell you about AT&T Stadium at home. All right. You get a chance to eat the food at AT&T Stadium, yeah. and you get to bring it to your house if that's something that you're wanting to do. Cowboys cheesesteak, nachos, Cowboy Rita. When you're watching the Cowboys at home, you can bring it to you. Place your order online. Pick up AT&T Stadium every week this season. Really, just one more time here in the regular season. Check out the menu at Stadium dot slash at home or maybe in the playoffs it would be taste even better.
3: I will tell you this, I'm going to give you a little little quick story. I was for for Thanksgiving day, my family had the opportunity to go and attend the game in in one of the suites and the food, we like packaged up. They package up some of the food that's left over and they're like you can take it with you if you choose to take it. So we took it. Man, that stuff is good at home. I heated up for the next two days. That stuff was really, really good. I was like, okay, I'm kind of down on this. You know, what'd you call it? AT and T Stadium at home. Uh I'm down with that because, and y'all know I love food. Say like that. So so (laughs) I was like really impressed with it. The quality of food. It lasts for a couple days. Pretty good stuff. I can't
4: can't imagine how much arm twisting went on there for you to eat it. Like Derek's like, I'm not eating that. It's two days old. You're like, eat it.
3: Like, no, that was not a, okay. you know me, that's not a problem. No,
4: I do know you. That's, that's no, fine. I'll eat leftovers if it's good stuff. Okay. All right, all right, we went way off the
3: tracks. We're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky, welcome to the show. Let's start first. With the biggest story that's been in Philadelphia the last several weeks, uh, we've seen now Jalen Hurts is the starter. He is probably going to be the starter for the rest of this season. Start there with me and tell me, what is Jalen Hurts doing now that maybe Wentz wasn't doing in all the time that he was the starter this season?
1: So this is funny because I think Dallas fans like love him or hate him. Jalen Hurts to me is the closest thing that I've seen to Dak Prescott in a long time, and this goes back to the summer before he was even playing his final season in uh, Oklahoma. I talked to Will McClay about the comparison because Jalen was at the star. I was at an event, and I was like, "Man, this guy's built like plays like Dak Prescott." He said, "You know what? You're not out of bounds in thinking that." And fast forwarding to Philadelphia, I think the best thing that Jalen Hurts has done he has brought a level of leadership and poised to the huddle that has enabled this team to kind of go to the next level whatever is going on with Carson Wentz and that team it just doesn't jive you insert Jalen Hurts and this team plays better Um, he is a more dynamic runner than Carson Wentz is he is a guy who has a little more composure than Carson Wentz had displayed during his struggles and I think what he's done he's also forced Doug Peterson to call a game that is more conducive to the philadelphia eagles winning than the way that they were calling the game with carson wentz uh they've scaled back some of the passing they've gone to some of the read option stuff with Jalen and miles sanders kind of splitting carries and attacking the defense in a different way and it's worked and then i would say to the surprise he has thrown the ball much better than anybody anticipated he has been on time he's delivered it and I mean, the number one thing that you have to do is not give it to the other team. He hasn't given the ball to the other team, which is why the Eagles have been able to to win, because he hasn't had um, an egregious amount of turnovers.
5: Bucky, aside from the quarterback position, looking at the team whether on either side of the ball, is there something different that the Eagles are currently doing from the last time the Cowboys faced them?
1: (sighs) Uh, Just leaning into the run. Their best offensive player is Miles Sanders. And so when you put the young quarterback in, you lean on the running game more. It's giving him more opportunities. And we saw he had a 100-yard game uh, as soon as Jalen went into the thing. And when they are committed to giving him the rock, he makes things happen. And so the biggest thing I would say into the run is mass some of the deficiencies. Their offensive line leaks or like everybody else's, like they have a patchwork outfit. But the running game can kind of cover it up because you can kind of just go body on body and kind of miss and mash and also when you run and read option stuff they're guys that you can't block you just read them and so it it takes some of the pressure off their offensive line and so it's the running game it's all about Miles Sanders the running game and the way that Doug Peterson has been called the plays.
2: I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line Bucky because that's I mean that to me it seems like the best matchup in this game is uh, you know Lane Johnson has given Demarcus Lawrence fits for years but this guy Matt Pryor uh, does not seem to be quite as formidable, so please, please tell me he's playing right. Like that—that's the yeah. spot where Demarcus Lawrence can make some hay, maybe.
1: Yeah, he can make some hay, but I think the main thing with all of this is is stop out stopping the run. I, I know we say it each and every week. The Cowboys have to stop the run, and given the things that have shown up on tape in terms of the misdirection, the action, and some of the problems that have shown up in terms of being able to stop read option, power read type plays. It's going to be a problem. And so DeMarcus Lawrence, before they can get to tee off on the passing game, they got to be able to win early downs in the running game, and that has been a problem. And so D-Law and those guys have to do a good job of controlling the trenches on the rundown so they can get to the opportunity to really get after the passer.
4: Bucky, you know, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts 53rd overall, so second-round pick. They, they obviously needed some help in other areas. What were they hoping would happen? by drafting him. And then, I mean, is it a coincidence that tar- that Carson Wentz has gone in the tank here? I mean, and I say this because the Cowboys were thinking about drafting Jalen Hurts, maybe not second round, but like third or fourth. So what was the best-case scenario to drafting a guy without your star quarterback looking over his shoulder?
1: Well, a couple of things. They talked about it. Howie Roseman, right after the draft, he talked about wanting to create A quarterback factory Uh, The quarterback is the most important Part of of the team It's the most important piece And if you're able to develop multiple quarterbacks It becomes a a very interesting trade pawn To be able to bring back assets And the like Because they liked the personality of Jason Hurst Because they had a vision of maybe Jalen doing some of the things that Taysom Hill Has been able to do down in New Orleans Doug Peterson Wanted to have that kind of athlete And make no mistake, Carson Wentz has been hurt A lot in Philadelphia and the way that you can really look at the quarterback room as they paid them this money they committed a a huge chunk of their salary cap to the quarterback position well you still need backup quarterbacks and it's cheaper to go and draft one that you can get cheaper and you look at the total amount of money that they're committing to the quarterback position with their starter and their backup it is in line with what you want to spend. And so it was a little bit about maybe we can develop a guy and trade him off, but also maybe we can get a cheap backup option that can come in and play in a pinch.
3: We're joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky in uh, Philadelphia is right now 32nd in sacks allowed with 4.2 per game. Um, it actually looked like they'd fixed this problem against New Orleans where they didn't give up a single sack. But then last week against Arizona, they give up six. Uh, What did they do in that game against New Orleans that maybe made them a little better in that respect than they've been most of the season?
1: Well, in New Orleans, New Orleans didn't really know what they were doing, so they kind of played on their heels. Um, Sometimes the read option stuff can do that. It can make you pause and hesitate. You don't want to blitz because you're fearful of what's going on. The Arizona Cardinals took a different tactic. We're going to blitz them, and we're going to blow it up on the way. And so... They blitzed him and they attacked him. They brought cover zero blitzes where all-out pressures and zero man, no safety help in the middle. And they challenged him, and they were able to get home. Now, the counter to that is, are you willing to live with your corners and coverage like that? Uh, Patrick Peterson had a tough time because I want to say he had three or four P.I. penalties in that game, and they went at Patrick Peterson. So Mike Nolan isn't a guy that typically likes to bring pressure like that. And so I don't know if you can have that same kind of success if you're not willing to dial it up and bring five- and six-man pressures on random downs.
5: Bucky, we've seen that the Cowboys' most recent success in those games has come from the defense being able to create takeaways and, and take the ball. You mentioned earlier how much the Eagles are currently protecting the ball. If the Cowboys aren't able to – get a takeaway, a single one whether a, a fumble or an interception, can they actually win this game because that has seemed to be the, the recipe for success for them in this past couple of games.
1: Yeah, they can win the game. I mean, from a talent perspective, they can, they can win the game. They can, they can beat them if it's an even game. You don't have turnovers or whatever. The Cowboys can win if they play the right way offensive, defensively, and special teams. I do believe that there's some turnover opportunities that will present themselves with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has fumbled the ball maybe five or six times. Those fumbles have kind of bounced back into his arms. And so I think it has to be a point of emphasis when we get around Jalen Hurst. Let's attack the football. He's been loose with it. He's been careless with it. You can't knock the ball away. And then you have to figure out a way if you can pressure him and harass him enough where maybe you quicken the clock in his head and he does deliver some airing passes. To his credit, he has been very, very careful with the ball. He has been careful but still been fairly aggressive in terms of taking the shots when the shots are there. The best bet in terms of forcing turnovers is they've given up sacks when you get an opportunity to sack him tomahawk chop it try and knock it out he has been careless with the ball in the pocket and i think that's something that most young quarterbacks have to learn how to do
2: so the first eagles game i don't even know how useful the tape is between having ben dinucci back there and obviously i mean that was a low point for the dallas offensive line they've you know they've stabilized a good bit but you know Last week was really tough sledding. I imagine this week is going to be again. I mean, even with how much better the offensive line is playing, uh, particularly Connor McGovern and Terrence Steele, are they up for this challenge of Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, do you think?
1: Well, I mean, I I think the last game, the first game actually – Cowboys had opportunities, but they decided in the red zone that they want to throw the ball all over the yard with Ben DiNucci as opposed to running the ball successfully like they had been. They had plenty of opportunities. I think that was a very winnable game for them. I think the key in this game is you have to be balanced. You have to be able to mix the run and the pass. I think it has to be a quick game option because – Make no mistake, Jim Swartz and those guys, they're hiding some players in the secondary that they don't want to get exposed. And so if they do, he's not one to really dial it up. But if they do try to come after the Cowboys and get after Andy Dalton, that leaves some random guys on the perimeter trying to cover CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. And those matchups go the Cowboys way. And so it's a bit of a yin and yang. But I think there are some opportunities to be able to attack. They just have to be careful and selective in terms of when they go after it.
4: Bucky, I'm actually shocked that Dave did not ask this question already. <laughs> um, so we asked this earlier. Did the Cowboys make a mistake with picking C.D. Lamb over Justin Jefferson? And nobody really thought that they did. But did the Eagles, did they make a mistake in taking Jalen Rager with Justin Jefferson sitting right there? Or even Brandon I Or is it too early?
1: Uh, I mean... So here's the thing to Justin Jefferson. I think it was a perfect storm, Justin Jefferson, going to Minnesota. Uh, Now, I would say this. uh, Jerry Sullivan, who had coached him at LSU, badgered me uh, because I went up there and didn't rank him in my top five. When I was talking about wide receivers, I had him at five, and he was like, this dude is a dog. He is everything that you want. And I think he has proven to be an outstanding route runner. But I think the system that he plays in and Gary Kubiak's system, I think it just works, you know. Uh, I can't say that he would have that same level of success in other places he is a terrific player but I think sometimes you have the perfect marriage in terms of player going to the right system playing with the right quarterback and those things I think in Philadelphia the main thing was sometimes coaches can be enamored with speed on the card and Jalen Rager ran really fast and they wanted more explosiveness because the biggest thing that it plagued them is they didn't have big playability and I think in their mind even though Justin Jefferson ran really fast at the combine they didn't make him being a take the top off the defense type guy, and maybe that led them to go with Jalen Rager. That said, um, look, they they are certainly having an answer for that because Justin Jefferson has been um, a revelation, a first year Pro Bowler, all the things that he's been able to do in terms of putting up numbers that are in that Randy Moss category. And so, yeah, they certainly may have some buyer's remorse. But I do understand their mentality their mindset when they were going in thinking, hey, Jalen Rager is maybe a better fit for what we want to do offensively.
3: All right, Bucky, we, uh, we've gotten to the point of the show where we want you to tell us what's going to happen this Sunday, Cowboys versus Eagles, 330 kick. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, I think the Cowboys – be able to win this one. I think the more that Jalen Hurts puts tape out there, the better you have an opportunity to defend. The key will be Sean Lee and Jalen Smith and can they stop the run and can they keep Jalen Hurts from hurting them but if the Cowboys stick to the script they run the football, they continue to make Tony Pollard like a featured playmaker with or without Zeke in the lineup I think they have an opportunity. I think you have seen that this offense has been balanced and steady and as long as they're able to cash in on the opportunities that the defense creates They should be able to get a win, and hopefully if they can get a win and the Washington football team loses, then everything is on the line the last game of the season. All right, we
3: appreciate you joining us. That's been our segment with Bucky Brooks presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky, you have a Merry Christmas. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about this Cowboys defense and a little bit about special teams. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
1: We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen.
2: Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here
3: A new combo that's music to my ears Okay, let's play Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time
2: Pour it in a glass of
0: ice Ah, music to my ears and mouth New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda A delicious duet There's nothing as unique as our eyes
4: Don't miss the last chance to see the virtual Christmas extravaganza presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb. The most electrifying holiday show of the season can be watched on Dallas Cowboys Facebook and Twitter tomorrow, December 24th, Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. Central, on demand, or at dallascowboys.com slash Christmas.
3: All right, welcome back to the final segment of the show, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by GEICO, and uh, i got some questions for you guys. I want to talk a little bit about defense and special teams. Let's start first with the defense. Over the last few weeks, they've been playing a little bit better, mainly in the fact that they've been getting turnovers, which is something they were not doing earlier in the season. Uh, My question for you guys is, is this defense at this point performing at a level that if they were to be able to continue this going into next year when this team has their complement of offensive players back from injury, is this the level they need to really be at in order for this team to be successful? Not great, but definitely opportunistic and decent.
4: Nick? No. They need to be better than this. They, have, when they get challenged by really good quarterbacks, they they lose. They they've beaten some teams that aren't very good on offense. Then Nick Mullins and and Brandon Allen and and I mean Kirk Cousins. They they beat him. I mean he, Kirk Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. I mean they've been in the Pro Bowls. Uh, they're not going this year. Their team isn't going to the playoffs this year. But they they beat them barely. I mean it took the last second to beat both of them. And and they even got exposed by them in, in that game. So no, I don't think that they're there. You can't say that. The offense is better, the defense will be fine. No, I think the defense needs to, to be able to play better. They need more, they need more playmakers. They need more guys that can actually go and take the ball away. We're seeing it more, but they need more of it. Amber.
5: No, that's exactly I mean what I was thinking as well. Same as Nick. I think that yes, it is good to see this defense finally playing with some kind of fire. But at the same time, I need to have a defense that I feel confident enough that is going to be able to compete against winning teams, not against average or below average. You need to hire, you know, there are higher expectations. So that's the biggest thing. It's like for those that think that, oh, yes, maybe the Cowboys can make it into the playoffs. What happens then? What happens after week one of the playoffs? Once they start facing better teams, I don't have that kind of confidence right now because we haven't seen it. But at least on, on the good side, is that we are starting to see a very different defense as opposed to what we were seeing earlier this year. And that's improvement, at least. Some kind of improvement, and the will and the fight is there. So hopefully they can build off of that for next year. But they need to do a lot better and a lot more work. Dave. Yeah, it kind of
2: goes back to what I was saying. And... Again, I don't want to completely discount it, but I mean, you know, seven takeaways in two games, you can't count on that. Like, that's, I mean, it's great. It's great, and it's awesome that they're getting them. They deserve credit for that, but like, you're not going to force four takeaways per game in the NFL over the course of like a full season. Like, you're going to have stretches where they're harder to come by, and that's when you notice things like the run defense, 150 yards given up to a bad 49ers team with a gimpy offensive line and a quarterback that shouldn't scare you like Nick against Nick Mullins you should be able to load up the box and commit to stopping that and if he hits us for some throws that's what happens but I mean they just they got run on by that team they gave up they had they gave up six scoring drives to San Francisco and four possessions of 10 plays or more so four different times they let a Nick Mullin offense methodically drive the field against them uh that's it's awesome that they're getting takeaways but the things that you know the things that you can sustain from week to week like run defense have not been there consistently um so i mean it's been an encouraging stretch but yeah they need to be they need to be better if they're gonna be a better team next year
4: you know i thought was interesting about nick mullins heading into the fourth quarter i was thinking you know, and I told everyone around me, which was nobody, that <laughs> that uh, I was like, <laughs> Mullins is playing better than Andy Dalton right now. He is like Andy Dalton's not playing that great. He you know he keep forcing the ball to Noah Brown. It's not happening. It's not working. And then, you know, I mean, they've only taken the advantage of the turnovers. Mullins is out playing Andy Dalton right now. Um, but as the game continued and it got a little bit more pressure moments. He threw two picks and you know, Dalton obviously didn't and played the way you you know, you expect him to play. But I mean the Cowboys took advantage of that. But I mean I thought I thought Mullins was kind of impressive a little bit for a while and then he be, kinda of became the the guy that you kinda of thought.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to special teams. Um, This year, Hunter Niswander uh, currently has 44% of his punts that have been down within the That's seven of the 16 punts that he has. Chris Jones, when he was uh, punting for the team, uh, had about 21%, about half, five of 24. Um, Has Niswander been an upgrade? That's a simple question with maybe not as simple an answer, but
2: Dave, let's start with you. Absolutely, he has. You just said, I mean, yeah, like... The ball looks different coming off his foot the way that they've been able to pin opponents deep. You know, uh, John Fossil was talking the other night about he's had two punts in the last two games down on the opponent's one, mm-hmm. and illegal formation penalties have taken those away. But, you know, the punter still gets credit for that when the coaches watch tape. Like, it's not the punter's fault that the tight end was in the wrong spot. So, yeah, he's he's been outstanding, and honestly... Uh, that's, that is a low key decision that they're going to have to make. You know, I'm, I'm positive, you know, Chris Jones and the coaches would probably come back and say, clearly Chris Jones has been dealing with injuries. He was dealing with one in 2019. It was bad enough in 2020 that he had to have surgery, but this is a bottom line business at the, I mean, at the very least, I would expect that to be a competition next year. Like, you know, I don't just give Chris Jones the doubt, like, well, you've had this surgery now be good i mean i know he's on a big contract but you know dan bailey got cut too and he's the most accurate kicker in team history this stuff happens so hunter Nicewander has been good enough that i'm like oh yeah like i want this dude hanging around next year for sure at the very least a competition amber
5: you know i always forget about hunter and when i'm watching the game and i see a good punt i'm like oh look at you Chris Jones (laughs) I'm like good job and then I look at the number I'm like oh wait and then I have to look at the roster I'm like oh that's Hunter okay (laughs) I guess I'm in one of those situations that when you're not really missing someone on the field and is it really necessary for you to even have them at all and I feel terrible for saying that because I absolutely love Chris Jones he's such a nice guy and I would love to see him do well again but it just hasn't happened. So I think the Cowboys are at this point where they probably will need to part ways with him next year. And I don't know about contract and all that. Don't ask me. But just in general, based on what we've seen so far, I do think that Hunter has done enough to keep the job.
4: Nick? I think that, you know, the only thing Nicewander really hasn't done well is run routes on, like, fourth <laughs> down. I mean, it's, Ain't his fault. It's, it's really that it. Ain't I mean. His fault uh i think i think he's done a better job punting there's just more pop coming off off of his foot there and and then chris jones just doesn't have that anymore he just doesn't have that you can look at the numbers suggest mm-hmm. that too even not just the average but look at the longest punt that he's had i mean he doesn't even get one of those it, the, the, that number's gone down so uh younger stronger uh um, you know and a nice wander has has been really good and he's also like you said down at the ball down in there i mean that's that can be a weapon um, i don't think there's been an issue holding i don't you know I don't, I, think, I've noticed. I don't think any of the misses have been because of that so i you know i think that you know, this only supposed to be about three week injury and now it's like we no one does anyone even ask Dave in the press conference? Did do, do they even ask about where when's Jones coming back? I mean, I just I don't think it's no. this, I don't know they do not I don't think he's even gonna be back next year. Yeah. I really don't. I, I think you kinda move on from that. But I mean, I, I agree with what Amber said. I mean, everybody loves Chris Jones. He's 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 a great guy. But I just don't think the injuries have affected. But I just think the numbers, and uh, he just doesn't have the the same kind of punting ability that he did before.
3: Okay, before we end the show, this is our final show of the week. We need to go through and get picks. How does yeah. everybody think this game? is going to play out Sunday, Cowboys versus Eagles. Amber, I want to start with you today. Who, who do you think is going okay, to win this game? Okay,
5: I have a short answer. I think that the Cowboys can do enough to to beat the Eagles. My only and absolutely only hesitation about this game is can the Cowboys actually get three wins in a row? Other than that, I feel pretty good about the Cowboys being able to take them down and beat them here at home, so I will choose the Cowboys to win against the Eagles, uh, maybe like uh, 26, 24, something like that.
0: All
4: right. Nick. That was good. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're wondering if they can have that kind of consistency. I mean, this is one of those like philosophy-type questions. I mean, do they have to win three in a row? Because they don't. They only have to win one. Right. Or do you look at it and say, well, you know, history shows that you're not going to have that kind of consistency, even though you've done it twice, so I, that's lingering. That's there. I just feel like they're going to win somehow. I think they win 31-30. Missed extra point by the Eagles. All right. Dave. So, Nick, you picked the Cowboys? Dave, that shouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> just pick. No, no, no. No, I'm, <laughs> no I don't.
2: You, I,
4: I'm, you're just right. sure. now, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. But this is like three weeks in a row where you're like, we all shouldn't do this, <laughs> no. so we all shouldn't do <laughs> no, that. You know, you know
2: why? No, you, because, like, this team – this team pisses me off. Like,
4: <laughs> I'm, that better be a cow bite. Oh I'm, no doubt. <laughs> uh.
2: I am not a. I am not a superstitious person at all. Like I'm. The, I'm always the guy. I'm like it doesn't matter what what color your sleeves are. It doesn't matter if you're wearing your lucky socks. But I just know. I you know I'm the guy. Like I haven't been impressed by either of these two wins. Uh, and I, I, I'm still like I, I want to see more. Blah blah blah. And I just know if I pick them to win this stupid game, they'll lose. I just know they will. But I just, Dave, Dave, hey, so, that's
5: just part of, of football. No, I thought that's just part of being a football fan, and you're used to uh, that, and you know that is. world. Come on. It
2: is. It is, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. <laughs> uh, but, but that's okay. I mean... Listen, they still – they don't they don't deserve a unanimous pick, and I don't know what Derek's going to do. <laughs> yeah, you on do. Yeah, you end, do. So.
4: It's Christmas. He's picking up Yeah, I do. All right. I really, Look at his sweatshirt. Come on. I, really,
2: I think the Cowboys should win this game, but I don't trust them, and so I'll pick the Eagles. Uh, I'll pick the Eagles to win like 28-24. And you know I'm not superstitious, but hopefully that means the Cowboys will actually play well. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. This team has broken me, so I'll
3: just say Eagles. Man, that's a tough place to be in this year, Dave. It's just 2020, isn't it?
2: It's rough, man. All
3: right. Um, I, I actually think this will be a high-scoring game. I think both teams will have some success offensively. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, um, and I think it'll feel like these teams are better than they are because of the way that they'll be playing and putting up points. But all that being said, uh, I do think the Cowboys can get the win this weekend. And I'll, I'll put it like this: like we say, you don't trust them to be able to do this. But I just go back to McCarthy's history. Like McCarthy was able to do this at his last stop. He was able to in his first year, a team that had underperformed all year, figured it out at the end of the season. Maybe it was their schedule. Maybe they're just playing bad teams. Who knows? He's but their they quarterback. did. Yeah, but but they did. Or maybe it was. <laughs> but they did manage to pull those games together there at the end of the season and win four in a row uh, to end that season. I would be interested to see if this team can do the same thing because I do think – I'm not a big believer always that things can translate from one season to the next. I do think, though, when you're talking about a new head coach and guys buying in – because I do think guys look at coaches and they evaluate whether they think whatever they're telling them actually works – and I think in those kind of situations, it can have a carryover effect if you can show them that by the end of the season, we actually, this stuff was working. All the stuff I was telling you would work, it was working. I think that's good to have a team like this to go into the offseason feeling like what their coach is telling them makes sense and works. And so I do think uh, they're going to get the win this week. We'll see what happens next week, but I think they'll get the win this week. I think the final will be D- Dallas 27, Philadelphia 24. All right, appreciate you guys, you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll let you know what went right and wrong for the Cowboys versus the Eagles. So then for Nick Eatman, Dave and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. Merry this Christmas, has been the break. everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, and hope you <laughs> guys have Christmas. a safe and happy Christmas. We'll see you guys next week. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio.